Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I am your host, Bill Myers, and today we are exploring racism and the Asian American community. As you know, we have been doing a deep dive into the topic of racism uh, in America at this time, um, which, of course, was inspired and, and, and brought about uh, most recently by the uh, killing of George Floyd. And uh, that set forth a whole awareness and series of um, protests and, and um, events that occurred not only in America and across America, but also around the world as well. So I am interested in exploring uh, more aspects than just the black-white dynamic with regards to racism in America, because there are many more people who are American citizens. And so I am excited to dive into this portion to examine and take a uh, have a conversation about the Asian American community. Um, and not only do we have the uh, the Asian American community in this race dialogue as it relates to uh, the Black Lives Matter and the killing of George Floyd, but uh, there are there is another piece to this which also has contributed pretty significantly, and that is the coronavirus, uh, which we have uh, our, our occupant of the world has referred to as the China flu and, and the China virus and all that sort of thing. And those types of terms are pretty divisive and can create a lot of additional uh, heartache and turmoil with regards to race relations in America. So um, Asian American citizens face unique challenges today as COVID-19 ravages the world, which originated in China, Black Lives Matter, and a divisive political climate. How has the Asian American community been affected by racism in America? My guest today is Christine Toy Johnson. She is an award-winning actor, writer, director, filmmaker, and advocate for inclusion based in New York City. As a performer, she has been breaking the color barrier for over 30 years and has been featured extensively on Broadway, off-Broadway, in regional theaters across the country, in film, television, and concerts worldwide. An avid advocate for inclusion, Christine is a member of the elected leadership of the Dramatists Guild of America, and serves as chair of the Guild's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, as well as a host of other podcast talkback distributed on the Broadway Podcast Network. She is a founding member of the Obie Award-winning 
AAPAC, Asian American Performers Action Coalition, founder of the Asian American Musical Theater Writers Project, served for 28 years as part of the elected leadership of Actors' Equity Association and as chair of the union's Equal Opportunity Committee for 22 years and served on the board of the Tony-honored Alliance for Inclusion in the Arts for over 15 years. Christine was honored by the JACL, the nation's largest and oldest Asian American civil rights organization in 2010, for exemplary leadership and dedication. The Why Look Award for Service in the Arts from the Asian American Arts Alliance in 2012 and the Rosetta Lenoir Award for Outstanding Contributions to the Universality of the Human Spirit from Actors' Equity Association in 2013. She is a graduate of Sarah Lawrence College and the Certificate of Screenwriting Program at NYU. Please help me welcome my guest today, Christine Toy Johnson. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so great to talk to you or hear you through my computer. <laughs> yeah, how about that? How about that? So before we get started, I want to make sure that the audience understands. Christine and I worked together in New York at the Public Theater in an original musical entitled Genesis. And I played the character of Abel, and she was the archangel. <laughs> That's right. And she still is that archangel forever and ever in my heart. Oh, uh, wonderfully talented actress, writer, director, producer, industry stuff and and has done tremendous work there. And I get to see her on TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Law and order, you name it. She's been all around the spectrum. And uh, it's always a delight to see you and your your smiling face. Thank you so much. Thank you for for thinking of me today. Oh, you know, you've been doing such tremendous work in the industry, uh, advocating for inclusion and that sort of thing. And that has been something that I've been able to keep up and keep up to speed with you on LinkedIn and, and Facebook. And uh, so I think that those that that work is is awesome and is much needed. And um, so I want to get into our conversation now with regards to the Asian American community. And I, I would like to start with uh, sort of a sequence here because you reside in New York City. Right. So I want to start with just the dynamics of how uh, uh, COVID-19 and, and how that just took hold of New York and what that experience was like living in New York while that when that jumped off because mm. you were the spotlight of America at that point. Right. Well, actually, I um, have been uh, prior to March 13th mm -hmm. of this year um, traveling as a part of the cast of the first national North American tour of Come From Away. And so I uh, had been in Dallas um, up until we were told that everything's been shut down and uh, take things from your trunk that you might need for the next, I don't know, six weeks or so. And mm -hmm. uh, they sent us home. And uh, so I arrived that weekend um, and it was like everybody else, 
uh, wrapped in the uncertainty of what was going on and losing my job, however, temporarily or long term. I didn't know at the time. Sure. And uh, I, I am a native New Yorker. I've, I've lived here uh, mostly, except for when I'm traveling for work, uh, my, my entire adult life. I grew up in the suburbs of New York City. So uh, I was, I, of course, had great concern for the numbers I was seeing. But then uh, very heartened by the leadership of our governor, Governor Cuomo, mm -hmm. who, who really swiftly put measures intact uh, in place to have us uh, shelter in place. Uh, uh, we, so I, my husband and I uh, and our little dog, we basically didn't even leave to go grocery shopping um, for the first three or four months of the, of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, only we only would walk our dog, of course, outside. But um, but I live in a very residential, quiet neighborhood, and so uh, I wasn't really experiencing the I don't know. I guess what you might have seen on the news as the the panic or the, you know, surrounding feeling like we were in the epicenter. Some people would contact me and say, oh my goodness, how are you doing? New York City is so bad. And I didn't really experience that because I was in my quiet neighborhood in Washington Heights, just walking my dog and staying inside. Mm -hmm. um, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Uh, because uh, of course, a lot of the um, uh, TV coverage, you know, sort of, you know, settled on Times Square and it just looked right. like, you know, uh, is anybody living in New York at this point? I mean, oh, it, right. you know what I mean? So, well, yeah, for, for a lot of time. And as I said, I live in a residential neighborhood, but we still have you know people. I live in a, in an area that is, that is populated with, you know, uh, a, a good amount of, of people, but because we were all paying attention to, uh, the mandate to stay inside, you didn't really see people except for when you walked your dog. And so I didn't experience, um, I think some of the, the photographs or the, or the, um, the footage of New York City, city being um, empty, except for like everybody else. Um, right. It just seemed very, very quiet and, and, and respectful really of each other because we were dealing with this uh, together and, I'm very proud of New York City and New York State for how we were able to turn those numbers around and flatten the curve and um, get through the worst part. Hopefully, you know, who knows what's going to happen with a new new wave, but um, that we were able to turn those numbers around and and um, and get our uh, rate of infection way down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys. Fantastic job. It was, um, you know, and uh, as, as a former resident of New York City, I could totally, you know, um, well, I couldn't really empathize as much. You know what I mean? It was it was such an extraordinary um, episode, you know, again, and we're not done with it, of course. Right. right. But, but it was very dramatic because the it had not swept across the country yet. So. Right everyone was watching this unfold there primarily. Um, <laughs> well, and also I have to say that because Broadway was shut down, 
uh, and all of the, and then of course all of the restaurants and all of the adjacent businesses uh, in Times Square. I I am I understand why you would see pictures of Times Square empty, uh, as as Broadway is such a huge uh, contributor to the economy of our city. Um, that, that I understand why you why they would want to show pictures of of the normally very very uh, bustling sort of robustly uh, you know uh, occupied um, area of our of our city. Yeah, exactly. Why else would anybody go to New York if they weren't going to catch a Broadway <laughs> show? I mean, it's like yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it was very uh, so so I'm I'm I am. Uh, uh, I honor the work that that uh, the governor did. Also, he he was very brave in standing up uh, uh, for what he needed to do, and mm-hmm. in the face of um, crazy criticism and 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 wild accusations coming mm-hmm. from the resident in the White House. Right. So, um, so that is fantastic, and I, I know that it is devastating with regards to the employment issues because I too was impacted by the shutdown of employment, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and uh, and hope that that will occur or come back. <laughs> so yes, I be- no, it will. I believe it will. We it, this too shall pass. Yeah, uh, and we just have to be together on it. And um, and I. I firmly believe that the arts the arts have been around since the dawn of time we're not going anywhere (laughs) oh yeah no no you're you're correct you're correct but that's that is that's tremendous so um we are now i i want to take a look at then the incident with george floyd Mm uh and deal with the impact of that on top of, because again, this, this whole thing is a is sort of a layered cake, you know? Right. What I mean? right exactly. The first thing. And then there was this other thing, um, which, uh, again, um, it, 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 who, who, who could have known, you know what I mean? That, that, that would be right. the sequence of things. So, um, but I want to talk about that in just a moment because, we are uh, about to take our first break. Okay. So uh, you are, uh, again, it's a joy to have you here, <laughs> a joy to have you here, Christine uh, Toy Johnson, um, an artist and an uh, advocate for Asian American um, inclusion, particularly in the entertainment industry, a New Yorker, native New Yorker, and she is sharing her experiences from the perspective of the Asian American community, and we are proud to have her with us today. You are listening to Bill Spires, and we will be right back in just one moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice 
to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we are here with my guest, Christine Toy Johnson, as we discuss racism and the Asian American community. Before the break, we were about to launch into the episode of the George Floyd event and its impact um, on um, uh, America and, and again, sort of worldwide. But uh, so, Christine, take me through your experience of that. Um, and, you know, how did that affect you and and uh, the community that surrounds you? Um well, that's a very big question. Um, you know, as someone who has been uh, really mindful of the systemic racism that has been existing in not only in our entertainment industry, but in America, uh, I, of course, um, have tremendous um, outrage and pain over seeing the events. And um, I say that not, I say that uh, I preceded that with, with my experiences as an advocate uh, for inclusion only because I think that, I, I just want to point out that there are, it became clear that there were some people who hadn't been engaged in conversations, ongoing conversations about this prior to this tremendously tragic wake up call. Um, and so what I think happened is that it cracked open these larger conversations of the really ugly truths that, that are, uh, that have been actually going on. It's not a new problem at all. Uh, it literally hundreds and hundreds of years have, have, um, have been, have, uh, had these kinds of uh, 
systemic racial problems embedded in them. Yeah, since um, the beginning. Yeah, I mean, since, since the, the beginning. beginning of this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and so as an Asian American person, an understanding uh, the history of xenophobia in this in this country, um, it I believe gives um, gives me um, an added layer of empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a real call to arms of uh, of our allyship with each other uh, for all of us who can look at this situation and the truths and really dig deep within ourselves to like as I'm listening to the description of your show, you know, find ways that we can individually and collectively work towards a better place for all of us. I I have been um, very intent on working towards equal rights and uh, how that is manifested in the arts because of, of the power of storytelling to shift perceptions of who we are and what we can do. Um, and I think that all of those these events were where people came together finally and said, that's enough. I, we cannot, we cannot sit back and say, oh dear, another horrible thing happened. We need to lean forward into it. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it certainly um, uh, uh, created the opportunity, I think, to to engage the conversations more broadly. Right. But I think that what's interesting about this that we we've you know that I have to remind myself uh, is that for those of us who are, are a part of the uh, persons of color and that community and, and the awareness and the walk that we have um, in order to create the shift, I believe, um, and, and to create the dialogue, first we have to have the dialogue and first we have to have a moment of awareness. It's not your awareness. It's not my awareness, but it's the awareness of others in order to even effectively have the conversation and work towards because there are some folks uh, maybe prior to the George Floyd incident and and also afterwards who just don't think that uh, there's really a problem. I mean, <laughs> and so uh, awareness is number one, because right. if you can't name it, you can't fix it. Uh, so um, I, so that is really where I've been trying to focus in is to try to figure out how we can present the case so that we're able to um, people to recognize or realize for the first time or awaken to, you know, become awoke, right. <laughs> whatever right. the phrase is, right, right. you know, but first is that. Um, and I believe that then from there, you know, we can, we can march toward, um, you know, a, a much brighter, um, future together um, and we can get towards stuff like humanity, you know, the only, right. you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Only race. But first we got to peel through this onion to get to that. Otherwise we oversimplify. And this is the same thing that happens, Christine, when, when, 
you know, you have someone challenged and they say, well, you know, just say it, Black Lives Matter. And they can't because they just mm-hmm. cut uh, mm-hmm. without reason to, well, all lives matter. Right. Um, right. And so that that just sort of, uh, you know, stamps on the the awareness and what is being asked at that moment, which is, I need you to see me. I need you to, um, to recognize me as a person of color. I need you to, to acknowledge that. And th- that answer, again, yes, on one hand, we're moving toward humanity, but it's a serious jump cut and you are ignoring. You know what I mean? Choosing to right. ignore th- this, this thing that says, I need you to acknowledge me. Uh, and, and, you know, um, so I think that, again, that, that in the oversimplification, we actually it, it dumbs it down. It, it just is it it uh, it's a cancellation. Your feeling is really not valid. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that that's really, really important because I think that there are a lot of people who just wish to wave that magic wand and get there. And I'm like, well, I don't think, you know, we can just break into four part harmony on Kumbaya. just. <laughs> You know what right. I mean? Yeah. This finished business. There's some real matters that um, need to be addressed in order to create an equitable situation and to honor the fact that America is comprised of all of these amazing people from every part of the globe. Right. Right. Share some sort of vision. But there's some parts of this I don't think that we share. And that's <laughs> that seems to be the problem, you know, um, or, or, or our vision of sharing is, right. uh, you know, it, it continues to move us towards us and them as opposed to more broadly looking at Americans and understanding that that is a rainbow. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it yes, is absolutely not a, a white male normal. You know what I mm-hmm, mean? It, mm-hmm. it, whole sort of thing. Well, we're we're a nation built on immigrants, literally. So to ignore that, uh, it it just is not the truth of of our history. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, really drilling down, it it becomes about empathy. Mm. And it, 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 it comes down to being curious about one another and and really wanting to know about one another, even if you don't understand that person or you don't understand where they've been or where they're going to, to really be open to knowing more and not letting fear based prejudice, literally prejudging mm-hmm. be, be a part of your everyday life. And mm-hmm. so I think that there have been so many, it's become a, a sort of default position. And I, I'm, I'm, thinking it's it's subconscious even it's not it's not um i think what they call it implicit bias so it's not an intentional bias uh, on on people's parts but um assumptions that uh we we can just know about somebody because of the color of their skin or the or their cultural heritage or you name it mm-hmm. that a person can be understood in a monolithic kind of way, which simply isn't true. So I think that because we have had as a society, a tendency to label very quickly, Mm -hmm. we have done ourselves a disservice in getting to know the individuals. 
Yes. And and then not assuming one thing about each person and then becoming defensive about being reminded that we are <laughs> we are not one person. Right. You are correct. That is and, and I I understand I understand I understand what you are saying for sure. And um yeah, so I think the the next thing I want to take a look at is this the rhetoric of mm -hmm. the, the China virus and mm -hmm. all of that, which is I know um a a a narrative that's been thrown out into the public and we are you know in this nation it doesn't take a whole lot of suggesting for somebody to pick that up right and to level that against citizens and um without recognizing again uh without taking a moment to recognize that you are speaking to another american citizen and or another human being at the end of the you know what i mean and, right. and so, you know you're the enemy you know you are it and i was i was doing some reading of some different incidents that i came across that have happened in experiences from various um not just chinese american but in the larger asian community um you know different sort of um um you know ways in which they were treated poorly uh, mm -hmm. and 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 that's important to know also because i don't think that I, I don't leave anything to chance at this point i don't think we can we can we can uh afford to make the assumption either you know what i mean that someone understands that that right. difficulty or has ever been a, accosted as this person who created a a pandemic you you know what i'm saying mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. some responsibility for this thing it's like it's crazy and so i know that it it's a horrible thing um and uh, I would like to just explore a little bit of that here in just a minute. But we're we're inching up towards another break. Okay. And I love this conversation with you, Christine. It, yes. It's good to talk with you about this. You too. And so uh, we will continue in just a moment. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we are talking about racism and the Asian American community. And we will continue that conversation in just a moment. We'll be right back. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. 
You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back with my special guest today, Christine Toy Johnson, and we're discussing racism and the Asian American community. So, Christine, right before the break, uh, decided we're going to head into uh, talking about the impact of the um, China virus, that those types of um, dog whistles, uh, more than dog whistles. I mean, that, that type of rhetoric and what that has done and, and how that impacts and uh, the, the Asian American community. Um, so I just want to uh, step back now and let you share uh, your thoughts about that or, and or experiences that mm-hmm. you uh, come well, with. You know, honestly, uh, the the um, the presence of Asia, anti-Asian sentiment and or rhetoric is not new, and it's not wasn't just invented in in March of this year. And yeah. for um, what's interesting about the Asian American community is that I think we are bonded by our experience of how we're perceived in this country. So though though many of my all my friends, you know, we're we're Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, Filipino, uh, Cambodian, and yet we still share this umbrella sort of label of Asian American. And and it is because of the, the what what we share in mm-hmm. uh, in, in how we're perceived here. Um, I have never spoken to a person of any generation, Asian American person, who has not been complimented on how well they speak English, no matter what generation they are, (laughs) or or, uh, someone who hasn't been asked, where are you from? Where are you really from? Meaning, um, you know, not, uh, not, I'm from New York State, but you know, wanting to know cultural background, or given, or the other question that's very common is, what's your nationality? And I will always say I'm American because I am. I'm sixth generation American on my mother's side, actually, second generation on my father's. Um, But that is such a a common occurrence for us as we are continually. perceived as a perpetual foreigner uh, or continually otherized. And so so it's not a new thing. It's just been um, magnified and amplified horribly because of the terms that um, the president has used to put blame on the country of China and to not call it COVID-19 or the coronavirus, as it is scientifically known, but right. as these other things that I, I won't even repeat. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, it has become for for some people attached to the reason. So the, the, 
the country of China, and then therefore anyone who looks like they are from China, even if they're not actually Chinese, but they look like they're from that part of the world, uh, they have become the recipients of a lot of um, everything from from um, verbal assaults to physical assaults, and um, it has just gotten it's gotten worse. Uh, I read something just this morning about how the uh, when the president was hospitalized with COVID nineteen. And right after the, the presidential debate where he blamed China for the whole, the whole pandemic and, say, uh, and so forth, um, the amount of anti-Asian rhetoric on social media increased by 85%. Wow. So, you know, words matter, of course. And if, if uh, some people um, want to put blame on the virus uh, in order to, I don't know, I, I'm gonna have a little bit of compassion here, <laughs> uh, in order to try to understand it better, in order, in order to uh, find um, a, a reason behind why the, the economy has shut down, why businesses have, have been suffering, um, why people have been dying. I think that that is, a way that some people have found uh, a way to, to cope with the uncertainty. Mm. And I think that's really true with all labels. I think that, that, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of times I think people feel like they need to understand who someone is in order to feel comfortable when in fact they have not even scratched the surface or have not even really asked <laughs> a question about wh who the person is or what they believe or what they've you know, what, what, what they eat for breakfast or, or any, any kind of detail. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have been inside mostly though I, and I do live in, in a city that I, it is arguably one of the most diverse cities in the country, sure. but I have heard friends experience um, verbal abuse when they're just walking down the street, minding their own business uh, or on the subway. This was earlier um, in the in the summer, and but what it what it does do is even if you are not personally experiencing a an act uh, a hate crime of any of any magnitude, it's it you you do start to internalize these things and you start to be very aware that there is a large group of people who who do blame you for everything that's gone wrong in mm. in their lives and because of the pandemic and um you know we it, it, you also can talk about the the blaming the the tendency to blame others for things when uh you might not understand everything or just mm. because it might be a, a more comfortable stance yeah um but so it is it has added to the the open wound that is that is that exists okay. um yeah yeah i i mean it, it sure does and i i think that um 
it's collective. It's collective. The experience doesn't have to be mine. Right. Of course. To to share. That's right. The wound, uh, because if it's if it's not me today, it's me tomorrow. <laughs> that's, that's right. And and as I said, you it goes really deep. You know, you internalize it, and then you think. I, I remember in the very beginning when I would when I first went to a, a, a grocery store, you know, um, is someone looking at me, and are they going to say something horrible to me, or you know, or, or my parents, you know, when they when they go out, um, mm-hmm. and my friends. So so it's not that I don't. Um, that it's not impactful to me. It's just impactful in a different way than, than might be expected. Right. Yes, indeed. Well, it's interesting because I had pulled an article this morning in prep for this here uh, conversation, and it was from National Geographic in September 2nd, 2020. And the headline on the article says, America's long history of scapegoating its mm. citizens. Mm-hmm. So as you said a moment ago, it's this is not new, Mm-mm. but no more new than, you know, the black man's plight. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is not new. This is this is long. It's just what's the latest, uh, you know, flavor of the month sort of thing. How do we chop it up now? What's the new you know, any term that's been labeled onto it. I'm not a big fan of labels either because it just seems to um, uh, box us into a single narrative and it's not true. You know what I mean? Yes. Something about me. And so in order to squeeze me into that box, I'm I'm not really interested in getting into the box for convenience, you know? Right. Absolutely. So, um, so I think that that's, you know, that that's fair enough. So now I would like to get into a little bit. Uh, so it's important that people know that words matter. It's important that the listening audience knows also that these words matter and that we really must uh, invest a lot more energy in trying to uh, better understand not only others, but better understand ourselves as we can move towards a more um, compassionate um, and empathetic uh, way of living. Um, Absolutely. Understand that we are all connected. (laughs) Right. I also want to just say a little bit about intent versus impact, because I think there are many, many very well-meaning people (laughs) who uh, say things or do things and, and if uh, they end up finding out that they've hurt someone's feelings, um, they will come back with, well, I didn't mean anything by it. And of course, of course, that person didn't mean anything by it. But the impact is something that real, is real. And uh, I think the more empathy we can have for that, for each other as well, is um, a, a fundamental uh, part, of, part of all of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I am, uh, you know, again, as, as I had told you, you know, in, in, in our conversation prior, that it's so important in the midst of our focus being, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and uh, you know, the, 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 you know, that whole black white thing. There is so many 
folks that get lost and can be lost in that narrative. And there are many, many, many shades of gray. There are many, many, many people uh, of color, you know what I mean, that Mm -hmm. make up that spectrum and their experiences uh, and their uh, voice and their um, um, contribution to this country um, being what it is. Is significant. You, yes. It, you cannot extract that. You know what I mean? You can't uh, negate the contribution. Now, whether people were, were ever received the proper credit for the actual work that they did, well, that's right. another story. That's a whole other story, right? Yes. Yeah, but nonetheless, the contribution was real and was valid and, uh, and helps make America exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what its uh, it, its dream or its vision, there are people that are still maintaining and holding that vision um, of of a better America, a more perfect union. Um, and so I think it's just really important that we're able to acknowledge and honor all of the various peoples that make up the American uh, citizenry. You know, and yes, I, absolutely think that's so important. So we are going to take one more uh, break at this time. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and I'm here with my special guest today, Christine Toy Johnson, as we discuss racism and the Asian American community. We'll be right back in just one moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and I'm here with my guest, Christine Toy Johnson. And we're discussing racism and the Asian American community. Um, so, Christine, you have done, um, you've spent a, a lot of your time focused on uh, inclusion within the entertainment industry, and um, and and trying to 
you know, really moved the needle in that way. So now, now we come to the George Floyd and, and all that sort of stuff. And I saw that the industry itself, some of the industry started to make moves uh, to uh, correct some things um, almost immediately, um, which was impressive. You know what I mean? Some mm -hmm. of the producers that had, uh, um, you know, I, I know that I was looking at, what was it? Uh, one of the animation shows, but it was like, uh, you know, perhaps a white actor who had been voicing a, a black character or an Asian character. You, see, you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. Why don't we have, you know, black right. actor or something, you know, doing that? Because these are parts of those parts of the problems, you know what I mean, is that we we find ourselves still getting sort of squeezed out and become that one-dimensional sort of caricature as mm -hmm. opposed to really engaging these things a little bit more honestly and bringing a little bit, um, um, uh, you know what I mean, getting real with that because we are perpetuating part of the problem, right? I mean, by right. continuing to play off of the stereotypes and the crude nature of that. So, um, so I would imagine that your advocacy at this time uh, has has probably met some very interesting uh, new conversations and uh, mobility, you know, as far as inclusion, not only just on the front line as actors and that sort of thing, but also on the back end, directors, writers and that sort of thing. So can you tell me what sort of uh, excitement has has come about and, and interesting uh, and meaningful conversations have come about? Uh, as a result of this, because I think that, again, the George Floyd thing, I think it it woke everybody up from every sector, you know what I mean? And and called them into question about what can I do and and am I a part of the solution or a part of the problem? And so um, I, I've seen from afar many people uh, making gestures and, and, and making certain moves to move in a, in a more perfect way. And so uh, can you share a little bit about your conversations and have you noticed that those have accelerated and taken on more meaning uh, at this time? Sure. Uh, well, these conversations have been going on for a long time. I think that just uh, with the George, George Floyd murder, uh, the conversations, were, as I said earlier, were, have been cracked open in a new way. Um, I am uh, part of uh, I'm part of uh, the Asian American Performers Action Coalition, a co-founding steering committee member. We've been actually together f since 2011, uh -huh. and um, we have been collecting hiring stats. We started out with. Um, the hiring stats on uh, on Broadway and the 18 largest nonprofit theaters in New York City, okay. in order to see what the situation with representation uh, was, uh -huh. and um, we have since um, expanded those uh, those stats to include. Um, so it's not just Asian American actors; it's Asian American, um, African American, Latinx, um, MENA, and uh, indigenous uh, actors, writers, and uh, what uh, and uh, directors, as I said, working on Broadway and in the 18 largest nonprofit profit New York City theaters, and That's it cool. has shown us um, that there is no parity. <laughs> the parity is 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 clearly uh, missing across the industry. Mm -hmm. um, but I also wanted to mention that. Uh, 
the Dramatists Guild and the American Theatre Wing and uh, many other uh, organizations have been working together to collate various stats being collected across the industry. They're going to be uh, released together pretty soon. Uh-huh. Um, so you'll be getting stats on writers across the country and or playwrights rather. Um, and uh, and directors and choreographers and very and women and a lot of different sets of numbers that I think will uh, paint the picture very clearly and help us continue these larger, really more um, deeper, more raw conversations that we've had yes. since the end of May. You know and, that. That's yeah. tremendous. You know, that that's great. And I, and I am so glad to have that they have you in there swinging that bat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I'm with I'm a part of a very, very amazing team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are an amazing component of that team. I can wow. I can vouch for that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, so I, I think that that is that is fantastic work. And I hope that that uh, that data that is being collected in those, you know, that, that they're able to action on that and again, move us all forward, um, you know, and, and get us, get us together. I, yeah. I think noble. Very I, noble. Thank you. Well, I do want to, I also want to add that I feel that our, our conversation so bolstered or supported by these stats, mm-hmm. uh, they've definitely become bolder. We are uh, not, playing around you know i i I, uh, by nature am a diplomatic advocate so i'm uh, i'm all about building bridges not um setting fire to to problems um that's just my style and so, so but i i have noticed that even the most diplomatic conversations have become stronger and uh, not afraid, not that we were afraid before, but but even more so unapologetic about speaking our truths and saying, look, this is how it is. These are my experiences. These are the numbers that back back up the hiring biases. These are um, the this is these are the numbers that that show the economic impact. Yeah. of of higher of uh, producing your playwrights of color in the smaller spaces yeah. where then they make money less money and their actors make less money because the minimums are smaller in these smaller spaces you know, that that's great stuff christine i am so sorry to cut you off but we got to get out of here oh it, sure enjoy talking to you and we'll catch you next week thank you so much thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at bill myers inspires Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.